0: Hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let's say together the collect. O God, whose Son Jesus is the good shepherd of your people, grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls us each by name, and follow where he leads, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. I'd like to ask Susan to read our first reading.
1: first reading is from Acts chapter 4. The next day, their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. When they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, By what power, or by what name, did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are questioned today because of a good deed done to someone who is sick and are asked how this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel That this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved the word of the lord thanks, thanks be, to god. be to
2: god
3: i invite valerie to read the gospel for us the gospel is taken from the gospel of john chapter 10 jesus said to the pharisees i am the good shepherd just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the Gospel of our Lord.
0: Praise to you, Lord Christ. Thank you. This is our time for a short meditation, and then our discussion. As we look at the two texts before us, uh, the Acts passage, as you re- remember, uh, it has to do with the with the story of the lame or the crippled man, who was uh, who was outside the gate, one of the gates of the temple begging for some money when Peter and John came to pray at the temple and saw him <clears throat> and he put out his hand waiting for them to give him some, uh, some money. And Peter looked at him and he said, look at us. We have no money, no silver, and no gold. But what we have, we can give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And the person stood up and was healed. The question, one of the questions that I would like to for us to reflect on is the power that is in a name. What is this power? Jesus at one point said, if one or two people get together and meet in my name, in his name, I will be with them. Let's reflect on this. For a moment. There is power in that, in the presence of Jesus with us. We have been taught that when we pray to God, we pray in Jesus' name. What does that mean for us? Very interesting. If you look at Verse 17, I'm not sure whether we have it in the text. Uh, in uh, the, the authorities in the temple told Peter and John, don't speak in the name of this person. You know, don't speak in his name, don't mention his name for them. Even the name was threatening to them. In the Lord's Prayer, we begin the Lord's Prayer by saying, hallowed be your name. May your name be holy. In another place, Jesus says, i will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son if in my name you ask me for anything i will do it how do we understand these things many people think that if they're going to if they just say in the name of jesus i pray then they will uh, god will immediately um, give them what they've asked for How do we do, how do we understand this for us in our daily spirituality, daily life? How do we make the name of God holy? How do we make, how do we glorify the name of God? How do we claim the power of Jesus name? This whole passage that we read from Acts had to do with the name. And I thought it might be interesting to just think about it more deeply and reflect uh, and talk about it together. So let me move to the gospel uh, reading. In the gospel reading, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And you know, one of the most beautiful psalms in the, in the Old Testament is Psalm 23, um, which many of us know it by heart. The Lord is my shepherd. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. But Jesus immediately says, I lay down my life for the sheep. And he repeats it more than once. It's very interesting I lay down my life for the sheep. Although Jesus is talking about the sheep, he's really talking about what he means is that the people, the friend his friends, the community of faithful people. Jesus uses the imagery imagery of the sheep. But you know, in one sense, every one of us can be a shepherd. Mothers are shepherds. Fathers are shepherds to their children. Bishops are shepherds. Clergy are shepherds. In fact, also politically speaking, one can say that the head of a country is supposed to be a shepherd. But many times, you know, we hear about heads of states and we can surmise from their behavior policies, whether they're good shepherds or bad shepherds. So I wanna ask a few questions that I hope will stimulate our discussion. When we think about what Jesus said about being The good shepherd, he he is the good shepherd. But he also talked about the higher hands. Who are the higher hands? Who are the wolves that we, uh, we see? I think to some extent in this passage of scripture, Jesus invites us to reflect on the church in light of what Jesus said about a good shepherd. This is an invitation to really look at our churches. We have many good shepherds, but unfortunately, we also encounter people who are supposed to be shepherds, but they are, they do not come to the level that Jesus is talking about. Are our shepherds standing up for the human rights of their people? Are they standing up for the poor and the disadvantaged? I believe talking about the church today in light of this passage demands honesty, demands courage, demands integrity, demands candor. So whatever we want to do, I hope it is done in the spirit of love and in the spirit of constructive criticism, because all of us are members of a church. What happens when the shepherd becomes an autocrat? And some of us have experienced that. How do you deal with it when you are up against an autocrat? So there are all kinds of things. So let's keep in mind that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is the good, good shepherd who has laid his life for us. I'm going to stop right here and invite you to begin our discussion. Omar, can you help us with the the
4: questions? Yes. Um, What we will be doing is you could either raise your hand (coughs) or virtually. It's sometimes more difficult for me to spot you virtually, so you need to be Patient, or you could write um, uh, using the messenger, um, uh, the chat. So um, Robert.
5: I'm I'm really struck by the laying down his life for the sheep. And I'm I'm, uh, I'm reflecting and pondering the difference between self-giving and self-sacrifice. And I think what Jesus is showing us is about giving uh, not sacrifice. His life is given because he's giving it and uh, it's not being taken away and there's some respects that even before the victory of the resurrection there is victory in the crucifixion in that he has defeated the power of death to intimidate, to manipulate, to frighten and by his choice uh, has, has claimed victory. So There's a lot to reflect on, I think, in those words.
0: Yes, thank you, Robert.
6: Um, John? Uh, Yes, Uh, thank you, Naeem, for your meditation. Uh, I recall an illustration I once used in a sermon I'm not sure exactly how it goes, except that there was a conversation between, I think, a Franciscan and the Pope at that time. And he's saying to the Pope, I guess we can no longer say silver and gold, have we none. And somebody close to the Pope then is said, nor can we say in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. So this, I, I've never forgotten that illustration. And I, I think of the, the, the phrase three times in this verses 11 through 18, where Jesus says, I lay down my life for the sheep, three times. And somehow that has to carry over into we who are shepherds, working with the flock in society, in churches, in communities. That we have to somehow embody uh, the laying down of ourselves, the giving of ourselves, the dying to our self-centeredness, and living for the well-being of those in the community around us. And you know, there are four different groups of people that Jesus refers to, as you said, Naim. There are thieves who want to steal. There are wolves who want to devour. There are hired hands who want to desert, and there's the shepherd the good shepherd who loves the sheep and gives himself for them. Uh, this is so powerful. Uh, the name of a shepherd, the name of God, we so blaspheme it, we, we so co-opt the name for our agenda. And we, we, we take God's name in vain, which in the second commandment we're commanded not to do. So God help us honor the name of of our Lord Jesus in the name of our Lord God. Thank you. Thank you, John. Very well said.
4: Thank you, um, I will take the opportunity that nobody has raised their hand um, and share. Um, two things came to my um, to mind. The first part is in uh, in whose name. This usually happens very much here in Palestine, whenever you challenge or in undemocratic countries or countries living under occupation, whenever we challenge the army, when we interfere at checkpoints um, or in the streets, when we see a soldier um, attacking somebody and you interfere, immediately the first question is, they ask, in whose name are you doing this? With what authority? I don't think that you hear this very much in the West And although you do in some places, but it's usually they recognize that there's a system, there's a just system and human rights or people have are entitled to raise their voice when they see injustice. And this is something if people who have served with EAPPI or CPT, I'm sure they've heard this many times. And the second part is really, I find it very problematic with, um, with the good shepherd, the bad shepherd. And this comes from now, because in Palestine, theoretically, today we're expecting either they cancel the elections or they reaffirm them. We haven't had elections for the past 15 years. And there's um, 36 lists who are running for elections. And more or less, that's the same slogan. And what each list says, we have the good shepherds. They don't, the others don't have the good shepherds. Actually, they have bad shepherds. But I'm really struggling... The elections happen to whom to vote, because I don't see, I only see individuals, people, many people who claim to be good shepherds, but I don't see an election campaign. And I think with Jesus as the good shepherd, sabil means as the early Christians are called the people of the way. And the way of Jesus is the good shepherd. It's the way of governing, of taking care of people. I don't really like the concept of having one good shepherd, although as you've said it, Assis, we could all be good shepherds, but it's as if we're having the Pope, the good Pope, the good Bishop, the good Patriarch, the good priest or the good leaders. And I think it goes into as community. And in the churches, Jesus says this, my way is the good governing way, is the kingdom of God. So I think this is more, although we all like the the image of Jesus carrying a small lamp on his um, shoulders, uh, and as the uh, as the uh, the psalm says we there's a romantic attachment to the concept of shepherd especially in this part of the world but i see it as a good order an order where there is no injustice um that is the good shepherd for us which is the kingdom of god thank you
0: omar
7: Uh, that is uh, Diana Rowe. she wants to speak mute okay.
8: Um, yes i I can't uh, hear about the shepherds, um, and Jesus says the Good Shepherd, without thinking of the South Hebron hills. and um. Of course um the shepherds down there have been harassed by settlers um very militant settlers and um and most recently um Rabbi Arik Asherman has gone down there and he really it's almost like he's Ready to lay down his life for the sheep. He he goes down there and they have attacked him. They have um, almost removed. I mean, they've injured him. He's he's ended up in the hospital, and he still goes back. And more recently, it isn't just the South Hebron Hills; it's also um, in in the north. But um, his group. Um, I think it's Torah Sedic, Torah, Torah mm-hmm. Yeah, they um, they go down there on a regular basis, and um, the the Palestinian shepherds who are down there are also risking their lives for the sheep on on a daily basis, um, and. And I'm also thinking at the same time about the um, using the name and using the name of Jesus really, I think, to me means sort of the name of truth. It's like witnessing. And I remember so many times, uh, Naeem, how you the the Sabeel booklet the cornerstone about witness and how it means the same thing as, as, um, as a martyr and in witnessing in using the name of Jesus in, in the very beginning of time, it was very much risking their lives. I mean, he had just been crucified and um, speaking the truth, speak, doing it in the name of Jesus was, was um, laying down your life. It it was it was risking your life, and I mean I think that's what that's what nonviolent direct action and civil disobedience and speaking truth to power is all about. And um, so th- that that w- this this is a powerful um, message here. Yeah, and thank you for your your reflections, Naeem.
0: Thanks, Diane. As I mentioned last time, you know, it's so, so good to have you with us. And your posters, you know, what you did also, the witness that you had. And CPT in those days, you know, was amazing. I mean, I remember uh, in the beginning, uh, almost every Sunday, you came uh, um, to, to Jerusalem to worship with us. Uh, the witness that you had uh, with Anne Montgomery. You, you remember Anne? Of course. Uh, amazing, amazing. So thank it was, you so much.
8: It was yeah. 25 years ago, uh, May ni- 1996, Anne and I were together in the South Hebron Hills and we witnessed settlers coming out with their guns and telling the farmers who were harvesting their wheat that they had to leave and the farmers and and the farmers left Uh, they they couldn't be of course we were we reported on it and it was right after that that Rabbi Arik Asherman came and said he would accompany next time we accompanied the farmers. And that was a family, Musalam Sreita. he was first drawn into this by Mubarak Awad. Mubarak Awad and Jonathan Kutab um, went down there before Mubarak, like 1980, Mubarak Awad, Awad and, and others in, in this whole group. I learned so much from the people at Sabeel. It was, it was just amazing. It, it grounded our work. I, I thank you so much for, for, having, you know, for having this little group coming again. It's, it's a bigger group. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Diane, and thank you for your witness and continuing continuing witness. So it's so good mm-hmm. to hear you at this time. Thank you.
4: I'm um, Don Wagner?
5: Yeah, thank you. And Diane, I think you really have nailed it and helped us uh, see what's happening in these texts. And I, I just think about it as downward mobility. Uh, The solidarity with the oppressed as liberation theology says a preferential option with the poor that we identify we hear their cry and are willing to make the sacrifice and uh, and speak out and then pay the price. Uh, And we all know what that means, and you know I I also think of uh, the Emperor with no clothes, you know that story. I I love that. And it's the little boy who sees and is humbly willing to tell the truth. Hey, he's got no clothes on. And that's Mm -hmm. what we're called to do with the, uh, militarization, with the leadership who don't have this solidarity with the poor, who are not being what Jesus has called us to be with sacrificial love. So, uh, yeah, I, thank you, Diane and uh, Assis for opening this up. And uh, that this is really a rich and deep calling to us.
0: Thank you, Don. Thank you.
5: Um, Elliot, Donald Elliot.
9: Yes, thank you very much. Uh, it's very good uh, and rich uh, reflections going on here. I fear mine's a bit trivial. I'm I'm caught up with that question that uh, Naim uh, put to us about the power of the name uh, and how do we understand it? And I've experienced it being used in uh, really rather uh, diminished ways. And I think it often is used in these ways. First of all, as a kind of almost like a magic. Uh, Invocation uh, would be one way of putting it. That that's how it is. But also, it's been used in an exclusive manner. That you know, um, we Christians have the name, but you guys don't. And I've experienced that quite a lot. And that kind of exclusiveness. And I, I, I still struggle with this, um, with this idea of uh, the name of Jesus. What does it mean? uh i think what is what is what is the power of a name obviously attaches to the person whose name it is and whose uh his or her particular gifts and um uh energy is that what it means i mean i don't understand the origins of this invocation of a name uh whether with a capital n or not and i'm I'd like to hear a bit more about that, actually, because I, I find it has sometimes been used, as I say, exclusively, or almost as a bit of magic, and I, I think that's a huge mistake. And How does that relate to the realities that we've been hearing about uh, just now? So that, that sort of emphasised for me this is a, is, a, is a question that puzzles me from, from Scripture. What is, what is the nature of the power of a name And so on. So that that I would like a little bit more about that. I'm not sure I can offer anything very much, but I I suspect that is a question that needs to be unpacked. Thank you.
0: Uh, Thank you, Donald. And I agree with you. And I hope um, some of us here can contribute. I agree. I totally agree with you. I mean, what does it really mean? You know, what's uh, um, something is. Amazing, and the whole the Bible is full of references to um, names in the Bible have meanings, you know, like Jesus is God saves, you know, that's his name, Yeshua, you know, something in the Eastern mind uh, as to the that there is power in the name. If you call a person by her name or his name, you know, that there is something there. Yeah, and and so let's um, uh, open the invitation. You know, if you have something to reflect on, this very thing is amazing. Uh, let me just, as a way of, just saying a few more words. You know, we say in in English we say pastor, which means a shepherd. Uh, in Arabic we say assis, and you hear some people. When they refer to me, they say "assis." It means it means uh, shepherd, you know, a name uh, that uh, many people um, uh, use. So, thank you for raising the question again, and let's uh, challenge our friends to come up with comments on this.
4: Megan, I thank you.
10: I think you uh, uh, know and um, uh, away from what you're saying, I was really concentrating on uh, verse 16 of the gospel, and uh, I, uh, when, we, uh, when you're thinking about uh, in the name of uh, Jesus Christ, I, uh, I really felt that uh, Jesus, uh, through Jesus, there's so much power and so much hope, because uh, it says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice and you feel that uh, even though we've had such a long period of time of uh, uh, such, a, such a, a harsh occupation uh, that uh, hope lies through Jesus Christ. Uh, that's all I would like to say.
0: Thank you Megan.
4: Thank you. I'm Caroline.
11: Hi there. Um, thanks ever so much, everybody, for uh, for what you've contributed. It's uh, really thought provoking. Um, I think the words that uh, that I've been reflecting on particularly is that the the hired hand does not own the sheep, and the hired hand does not care for the sheep. So for me, it's very much a, a kind of a personal question. And also, I guess, a question for us as a community of Christians, you know, who do we belong to? And uh, if you like, um, yeah, where do, we, um, where do we find our identity? And if our identity is in Jesus Christ, then we, if you like, in a way we we can invoke His name. We we can say, um, Lord, you know, I belong to you. We belong to you as a community, and um, we don't come under the authority of those that would oppress us or control us. Um, actually, we belong to you, Lord. So for me, I've been reflecting on, um, yes, I think as uh, Naeem has saying, you know, in a way, you know, who is is the hired hand? You know, um, are we beholden to the hired hand or are we beholden to God and to one another as Christians? And if you like, to those who we serve. And uh, this also brought in for me, um, you know, that um, there is one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, as much as I love um, and relate to my Christian brothers and sisters, actually, you know, I'm obliged to relate and care and love all people. So that was just what I was musing
4: on, really. Thank you.
0: Thank you,
4: Carolyn. Kathy Bergen.
1: Uh, Yes, thank you, Omar.
12: Um, I would just like to take this in a little bit different direction for a minute. Um, I, I became very aware when I lived in Palestine of how invoking a name could give credibility or no credibility to something that one was doing. So, in other words, um, if um, if we wanted to do something and we invoked the name of someone who was credible, it would make sort of the actions um, more credible. And I know this goes, um, this happens here as well. And of course, after I moved back to Canada, I, you know, I was much more aware of that here. So. Um, so this is like the idea of invoking the name of a person who is credible then um i i wonder like invoking the name of jesus would this then be i mean my question is um naim would this then be um if you invoke the name of jesus as a, or just as a christian would that give something more credibility
0: Thank Whatever you. it
12: is, whether something you say, or, or some someone does, or someone says,
0: yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I think I think you're right, but you know, even in the gospel, you know, where they, where the, the officials, at the temple uh, in Jesus' day, uh, they did not want, uh, they did not want Peter and John to invoke the name of Jesus. I mean, they say don't do it, you know. So it, uh, um, maybe something it's in our uh, in our psyche or in our culture uh, that um, when we invoke somebody's name, especially when you say about credibility, you know, we all know it. We all feel sometimes we drop the name, especially to for them people to know that we know this person. Or we agree with this person, or we we approve, you know, of what this. So there is something about the name, you know, in that sense. And uh, yeah, thank you.
4: Thank you, Emma,
7: Yes. uh For me, you know, like uh, reading uh, this verse of the shepherds and the sheep, you know, I am having problem because I wish there is this verse was uh, there was something more about two-way uh, 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 channel of communication because of the way I see it, it's like the shepherd impose himself on the, on the sheep and i think i i'm saying this because uh, it is a global problem the christian churches were uh, clergy in, in general with all churches they use these verses to impose themselves to give them uh, some kind of uh, legitimacy over um, their pari- uh, parishioners, and and the parishioners are not uh, expected to uh, to stand for him or criticize him, or uh, or there is no way of you know check and balance in their in their relationship, and I think this is a big uh, this is a big problem. You know. Of course, I cannot say who is bad, who is good, but at least if it is kind of check and balance system, uh, the relationship would be way much healthier. And in this way, uh, you know, like not suitable clergy would not be in in place of power.
0: You know, thank you, Ndravos, for mentioning this. In fact, I had in mind uh, when I, towards the end of my uh, meditation when I mentioned what happens when a shepherd uh, becomes an autocrat you know I mean um, not every church uses the name uh, for bishops they don't have bishops but even those churches that have an elder or they have a moderator uh, we are as humans sometimes we have the tendency to be uh, to be autocratic in our decision making in our relationship with others what happens we have problems many problems in jerusalem you know with the with the bishops and patriarchs um, i'm talking about from the perspective of the parishioners like you were saying you know and how do you how do you in the name of the good shepherd our lord jesus christ you know how do you really deal with this when well, some people even have left the church because they could not really deal with some issues there. So there is other dimensions that can open up the discussion on these things, Um, not only for those churches who are bishops and archbishops and patriarchs, but also for the churches, the more Protestant churches that have um, moderators and, and, uh, and elders and so on.
4: Thank you. um, uh, Dorothy?
13: Hi. Um, I think we pretty much covered the importance of the name to us today. I I think, as well, at the time that, that the right, well, that the apostles were saying that we need to recognize the name, Jesus had been crucified on the cross and people were refusing to acknowledge who he was. And I think it was very important to the apostles that people recognized who Jesus was. And those, the most, you know, that they were coming to, this is the Messiah. And I think the original importance of the name is people's recognition of, and the credibility of who Jesus Christ was. And if they hadn't have insisted, I mean, Paul, he, you know, people wanted to make a God of Paul, but Paul said no jesus christ and if the apostles hadn't stood to this message jesus christ the name the name the name you know it it would have got washed out of history really it wasn't going to get washed out of history because jesus was god and you know that's what jesus wanted was what the apostles did but i think the name was very important to uplift the name in the first
0: instance as well thank you
4: Thanks, Dorothy. Hans from Norway. Um, Hans, we're not hearing you. Um, It seems that... I think there's a problem with your uh, mic. We will get back to you if you can solve it. Um antecedent
14: Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say that it's very important to when we say in the name of Jesus because further down in this gospel it says Jesus said they know my voice and I know them. I, I can't remember exactly the words but they know my voice. So when somebody invokes the name of Jesus, we must be very careful because it has a big responsibility. It means I represent what Jesus stands for. I represent Jesus. And Jesus, when he invoked the name of the Father, he represents the Father. Now there's a movement in Israel which I really appreciate and a movement among Israeli Jews, which is called Not In My Name. And it means that Israel, Israel in its policies does not represent them. And many of them leave the country for good because what Israel is doing, they believe is not in their name. And I like this movement very much because they're distancing themselves from what Israel is doing and they themselves are Jewish. So again, it's very important when we say in the name of somebody, because if we are sent like, if the church sends me to represent the church in a meeting, I must limit myself to what I was sent for because I come in the name of the church or in the name of this organization or that. And what I ask for or what I say has to be within the bounds of this mission. So we must be very careful and, we, and not underestimate the congregation or the people to whom we are speaking, if it's a, it, if it's a priest or a bishop or a patriarch, because we know his voice. We know the voice, the people know the voice of the good shepherd. And we know whether this good shepherd or bad shepherd represents Jesus and the way of Jesus or not.
0: You know, Cedar, uh, thank you. Um, But it is like, I mean, one example would be an ambassador, you know, an ambassador in a country. that ambassador represents his or her country. So, so he, he or she, uh, they're not only representing, they really stand for what their country stands for. So uh, to what you just said, I think it makes a good also, uh, uh, so when we say in the name of Jesus, or we are Christians, um, and you know it's very interesting that um, uh, uh, according to the book of Acts those people who were uh, who believed in Jesus Christ were be, became known as Christians in Antioch you know which means that they connected themselves they are identified now with, the, with, the, with this movement with this person Jesus Christ
4: you know very
15: interesting. Yeah, the the question I want to raise, uh, assist Naeem. Uh, anytime I want to teach or preach, I have three questions to answer. What did the scripture say then in that context? You know, uh, the the political, economic, religious context. What did that scripture say then? And then what that scripture means to me today. Let's face it, uh, this scripture say to a person in Atlanta or New York or Chicago or San Francisco, uh, Jesus talking to an agricultural community understand, what the shepherd means, what the sheep means, and so forth. To me, we need to jump to a new dimension. How do we explain this language to a technological uh, context? That's to me the real question for us as minister. Or how do we translate this kind of a language to people under occupation in the Palestinian context? And I think you know, what you did through Sabil is, is saying, you know, you preach like 15, 17 minute sermon and you spend more than an hour uh, after at St. George hearing the pain and the context of the people. I think we, we, we really have a problem. How do we connect to the new generation and, uh, and the people who are oppressed and the people who really live in the, tech, in the, in the world of technology? This, you know, we, we need to explain. And I think Ken Bailey helped us a lot about what is the quality of a shepherd and, and so forth. I hope people can uh, uh, read something about Ken Bailey focus on, on the parable of the shepherd.
0: Thank you, Pat. You're right. And I think we that's why these discussions can, can help us because we can reflect on how to make it relevant for us today. I agree with you. I mean, people living in in the midst of a city who have never seen sheep, you know, sometimes now we take children, our little children to museums or to, you know, for them to really, or to farms for them to really see a sheep. Uh, And uh, while some of us back home in Palestine, Israel, you, we can still see, see on the farm uh, oh, the sheep there, and hear some of the some of the shepherds and talk about the sheep. Uh, but it's always div- important to to look at the context and try to see how we can address ourselves to the context of today, where people are. So thank you.
4: Um, Hans is having problems with his mic, so he wrote his uh, contribution um, and his feedback. I will read it. Um, I wanted to say that in addition to the seven times in John, when Jesus said, "I am, he named himself in two most interesting ways: as servant and as son of man. To term oneself, to term oneself as a servant, is a strong countervoice to the prevailing moods then and now. To term oneself a son of man is a strong countervoice to those seeking a link Jesus to speculative end times, proph- uh, times prophecies. Thank you, Hans. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
4: Kathy? Kathy.
2: Um, thank you. Uh, I don't think I can be as profound as Hans, but I think the uh, I see the importance of names. This is in sort of an, an earthly, more earthly uh, uh, context. Name, n- a name, naming someone, naming something is, is, a, is a recognition and an honor. Um, you know, there are war memorials at least in the US, the Vietnam War Memorial, for instance, that actually has the names of 50 plus thousand uh, service people who died in Vietnam engraved in, in a granite, uh, granite monument. And uh, since that was uh, created, oh, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago, there have been other uh, memorials, for instance, in, uh, in Hawaii, m- memorializing uh, Pearl Harbor, where the names of people who have died in service to the country, whatever, in the in, in war, during war, uh, are engraved. And it makes a huge difference, I think, to stand in front of a memorial like this and, and actually look at the names of, of actual people you know that they, they people become not a non-entity anymore. Uh, they have a you know they have a name, and I presume for the for the loved ones of those people, it's really meaningful. Mm-hmm. And the name of Jesus is is an honor to Jesus and a recognition. So I don't know whether that's a very profound observation, but I think yes. personally, being called by name. Uh, in an email for instance makes a big difference or in school you know if, if a teacher i think somebody mentioned this a teacher learning the names of of the children in uh, in the class somehow draws the person in to the to the person who's communicating uh, in a in a kind of bond so the just the, the knowledge of that the, someone has a name I think makes a big difference, a huge difference in in person personal relationships, also in divine relationship. That's really all. Thanks, Kathy.
4: Thank you. Um, yes, please. Um, I think it's Darlene, and then we will go to Gretchen's.
6: Yes. Um, i'm tom darlene's husband um i'm intrigued by the 16th verse that uh, i have other sheep that do not belong to this fold i must bring them in also and they will listen to my voice so there'll be one flock and one shepherd i bring i wonder if this refers to the gentiles that are brought in later and presages paul's mission to uh, to the spread of christianity
0: It is, uh, you're right, uh, you're right, Tom. Uh, Most commentators would say basically that it probably refers to the Gentiles. But I would say it's probably even wider or broader. Uh, It just means that um, let's not assume that we are only talking about few people or the disciples of Jesus. We're talking about, That God so loved the world, so we're all so we're looking at the whole uh, community of nations, Uh, and you know the last part of what you read. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Also, has raised many questions about what we mean by one flock and one shepherd. But um, uh, but I think um, we're really talking about. uh again this imagery is so beautiful you know because it looks at uh, something that people in Jesus time understood what it, we're talking about and now we're trying to really make it apply to to all those who look who look to Jesus Christ as savior and lord so thank you for that uh comment. thank um,
4: okay. you Antisemia.
16: I wanted to comment on the hierarchy of the churches. I don't think they make the congregations feel that they are really the shepherd. There is a big gap between, between the people and the churches. And I don't know why there was put so much hierarchy in the churches. Of course, there's a difference between church and other churches. But in general, it, it, it sometimes uh, the, the, the halo they, they put on what they wear and these hats and caps and, and all that stuff of bishops and archbishops and so on, it makes you lose even the, the simplicity of the message that, that Christ gave us. I mean. Uh, sometimes i wonder i mean i look at these uh, attend the service like uh, on on tv and i i see how poor the people uh, how in in lebanon are and then when i see everything all these golden things on the on the altar in uh, whether it's the chalice or the wearing or or the dress or the it, it makes you wonder, I mean, what have we done to the Christianity and to the simple, uh, humble relationship between Christ and, the, and his flock? But I suppose they've gone in a way that there's no way back. I don't know, unless there's a whole revolution about this.
0: We lost you. We lost your Samias yeah.
16: Just my. But these
0: are good questions that many people have been dealing with, and that's why we had uh, the Reformation and many other reformation[s] where people wanted to go back to the simplicity of the gospel, you know. And yet, at the same time, some people have clung to some of these uh, vestments and uh, and these traditions because they feel that they're part of reflecting on the on the glorious uh, 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 glorious God or add to the majesty of God so there are many different perspectives that have uh, have built in over the years of this and yet as you said there are many people who who try to cling to the to the simplicity of the of the of Jesus and the simplicity of the gospel, so. But these are these are good questions to reflect on. Thank you. Omar, do we have one or two? Maybe only.
4: We have three more to go. Um, Gretchen. Yes. Oh, yes.
17: Hi. Uh, good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. <laughs> uh, This is Gretchen here. Yes. Um, from Turtle Island. Here I am in Turtle Island, uh, land of the Wabanaki or the people of the dawn. This is the east coast, uh, northeast coast of the United States. Um, Oh, um, when you uh, Reverend name when you're talking about you're asking questions about the Good Shepherd and church leadership. And you mentioned some people leaving the church. Well, I've done that myself. I've stepped out and I've stepped back uh, um, over bad shepherdship, <laughs> really. And uh, um, I think I, 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 I feel that um, church leaders, look, we have wealth inequality and church leaders are they don't want to make waves. They want, they need the money coming in to keep the church building open. Um, so they actually, I, I sometimes end up straying from trying to walk with Jesus, trying to follow Jesus, trying to be the way, um, they actually end up suppressing that in order because they're afraid if they speak that if they get to uh challenge people to to be uh more authentic more more um love based the love that brings justice that they're going to shake up their big donors the ones who have the money uh my experience is when you stand with Palestinian human rights, which I, which I have tried to do, um, the result for me has been the loss of, of my livelihood, the loss of my mental health and the loss of my ability as a worker. And that was all intentionally done to me. There's a There's a cost. Um, And, you know, has my good shepherd thrown me to the quote unquote wolves? Yes. Do I have any money to contribute to the church anymore? No, I'm not working as a nurse anymore. You know, actually when I got divorced, I had to stop giving to the church. You lose your voice in church when you can't support the money. So the simplicity of, it's so confusing. It's it's a very confusing place because church does matter. Singing together does matter. Sermons do matter. Leadership does matter. And then again, it all interferes, I think, with genuine, with the genuine walking and supporting of each other that, that could happen um, on in, in, in an international way. It's like, you know, love isn't just, love isn't just in one place. I, I don't know, it's in, to me, it's like an energy and, yes. and it's bigger than one person or one place. Uh, and uh, but um, on the healings on the healing part of the readings, um, uh, having worked uh, in the healing arts, um, being a body worker before I was disabled with severe PTSD from the attacks, um, being a body worker, massage therapist, Reiki, nursing, registered nursing, hospice nurse, all this, uh, uh, which is a very, which is a spiritual kind of thing. Um, Any healing that happens for a patient from the human hands and it happens, it's it's not like, it's not the practitioner. It's not the one, it's not like, you know, Peter and John, healing, healing a paralyzed person, that, that they, that was, that, that wasn't their healing, that was the healing of God through their hands. Yes. And, and I think that the only, the we have a presiding bishop I look up to, um, but I think the good shepherd is then, the good shepherd for a Christian is Jesus Christ, who helps us to yes. to uh, to get to God,
0: yes,
17: and and we're always looking. I, I am. I'm always looking for a person, a human being, and I forget. No, wait a minute. The Good Shepherd is Jesus. Yes,
0: yes.
17: And, and I could get. I could go on to wolves as far as uh as far as uh, being um contemporary. Wolves are not the bad guys in this country. Let me tell you, they are necessary for ecological diversity and stuff like that. It's just a personal thing. I love wolves and they're sacred to uh, to to some natives. And uh, so uh, I appreciate the passage. Don't get me wrong. I just, yes. you know, I just love wolves. Wolves are yeah. important here. And I thank love the you. sheep, thank you. Yeah, thank thanks. You
4: thanks. Thanks, Gretchen. Um Betty.
18: I just want to briefly refer back to uh, when we talk about the power in the name, when we invoke the name of Jesus. uh, I really believe it's still just as relevant in terms of connecting uh, with the spirit of the Lord as it was during that time. And I want to just briefly refer to my husband and I, we went as country ambassadors representing two different uh, organizations. We went to Africa. And during that time, uh, it was a very turbulent time, and we actually ended up being embroiled in a civil war. And um, invoking the name of Jesus, uh, one time when our home, we had an armed home invasion, and being fearful of the AK-47s we were facing, uh, all of a sudden, lightning struck and blinded the whole community. There was no electricity available. Then when our son, our grandson actually, was near death in Canada, uh, and the local people prayed and invoked the name of Jesus, That one particular night, our home was invaded with a sound, a presence, a wind noise. And all I could say was, uh, who cares? God, you're in charge. And all that noise had to move out of the house. And in Canada, during that time, our grandson was healed very miraculously. And then another time when we went to do a church plant in a village high up in the mountains together with the local pastors, the witch doctor came to curse that gathering. And again, invoking the name of Jesus, the church service went on, the witch doctor left, and 13 souls committed their life. To the lord and a church was begun there and is going to today and then during the height of the war uh, there we were caught up in our own home and bandits were trying to break onto our gate and they would have killed us if they could have Uh, just calling on the name of jesus and they, they left. It was like they had touched hot metal, and they fled. So, invoking the name of Jesus, there is still that power there. And I think too often, we minimize what that power that is available to us at this very present time. Uh, and so we grapple and reach for different things, and Although we say we do it in the name, we we allow ourselves to be represented by too many other things that are not uh, of God. And God just longs to embrace us in each of these events but also put our hands to and our feet to what we recognize God is asking of us. And that's why, although I was late in getting in, on the devotional that uh, Naim presented. But the Good Shepherd is still with us and we are asked to be that Good Shepherd to the people around us. And so many have named some of the organizations that are going, and I definitely see Sabil as being an integral part of going in the name of Jesus. And that's where the power lies. Thanks,
0: Barry. Thanks. Omar, I think we maybe uh, this is a good time to uh, end our discussion. I want to thank everyone for contributing and those who did not have a chance to to speak up. Um, It's fine. We are all reflecting on these wonderful texts from Scripture and we ask the Good Shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ, to give us His blessing, and uh, and let's go on for the wave of prayer at this time. Uh, Omar, please.
4: This week's Kumi Now online gathering focuses on focused on the Nation State Law, which was passed in the Knesset on the first of May. 2018. Next week's Kumi now looks at the threat of censorship and violence suffered by Palestinian journalists, as World Press Freedom Day is remembered on Monday, the 3rd of May.
19: Lord, we pray for the Palestinians and other non-Jewish citizens of Israel who make up a fifth of the population, and yet who do not enjoy the same rights as Jewish citizens. Lord, in your mercy,
4: On Thursday, the 15th of April, Israelis from the illegal Ahla settlement vandalized the land owned by a Palestinian from Jalud village near Nablus. The settlers broke in at night, cut down trees he had planted, stole building equipment, and damaged construction material. On Saturday, the 17th of April, Israeli settlers set fire to a mature olive grove belonging to a Palestinian farmer north of the the town of Beit Fajjar, near Bethlehem, damaging over 50 olive trees.
19: Lord, we pray for an end to this cycle of violence being unleashed against Palestinians by Israeli settlers. We pray that the Israeli authorities would seek to curb these increasingly more frequent settler attacks. Lord, in your mercy.
15: Hear our prayer. Hear our prayers.
4: The United Nations Relief and Works Agency, (UNRWA) has launched a new centralized digital education platform designed to improve education access for more than 540,000 refugee students in 711 schools across the Middle East.
19: Lord, we thank you for this new educational tool which will enable many Palestinian refugee children to continue their schooling when faced with emergencies, such as the pandemic or periods of armed conflict. Lord, in your mercy.
0: Hear our prayer.
4: Kairos Palestine has launched an online campaign to stop the illegal expulsion of Palestinians from the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood of East Jerusalem. They are asking you to sign the campaign to stop Jerusalem expulsion and save Sheikh Jarrah on the same link um, uh, that you see below.
19: Lord, We pray that many people around the world will support the campaign to challenge the Israeli authorities' push to expel Palestinians from their homes in Jerusalem. Lord, in your mercy,
15: hear our prayer. prayer.
19: We join with the World Council of Churches in their prayers for the countries of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Georgia. Lord, in your mercy,
0: hear our prayer. Let's have a few moments of silent prayers as we remember the needy, the poor, the refugees, the sick. Let's also remember our families and friends and all those who are living alone. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Let us confess ourselves, confess our sins against God and neighbor, saying, Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Let us say together the Lord's Prayer. In our different languages, Havana and Ladifa, the In the words of the Agape Creed, let us recommit ourselves to walk in love. Saying together, love is patient, Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It does not keep a record of wrongs. It does not celebrate injustice, but rejoices in the truth. Love never gives up, never loses faith, always hopes, always endures. Love cannot be conquered. And together we say, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.
4: Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God.